Hi, and welcome to the Spirit Life Podcast, where we discuss issues pertaining to life and ministry. I am your host, Pastor John Brito, and this is Episode 6. Today I get to interview Hector and Josh Salcedo, members of Urban Ops Ministry, as they share their story of how God called them into ministry, and they share on all that God is doing with Urban Ops as a minister in the urban context, and really at this point beyond that. Uh, But before we go on, if you haven't listened to the previous episode, episode episode five i uh, i highly encourage you to just stop here and listen to episode five first where i interview pastor rudy paniagua and that topic was the missional church uh, both these episodes really complement one another so if you haven't done so listen first to episode five then come right back i tell you hector and josh's story is going to bless you and it's going to stir you so hey let's take a listen Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Spirit Life Podcast. I'm Pastor John, and today's topic is doing urban ministry. And with me today is Urban Ops, Hector and Josh Salcedo. Welcome. So glad to have you guys here. Thanks for having us, uh, Pastor John. Yeah, John, thanks for having us. We're excited to be on your podcast, especially after hearing all the great people you've had on so far. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Hey, first things first. Uh, Go ahead. Let's introduce yourselves. Let the audience know a little bit about yourselves. Well, John, I am uh, the husband of one wife, uh, Jacqueline Salcido, the father of three little girls, Camila, Lucia, and Sofia. It's a busy house. It's a loud house. It's an exciting house, and uh, it's a growing house, man. So that plus, uh, you know, with work and ministry, alongside with you at Spirit Life uh, Community Church in Norwalk, uh, it keeps me and my family pretty busy. Yeah, and I'm uh, I'm his brother. Uh, the youngest of five uh, brothers, uh, Josh Salcedo, and I married also to one wife, <laughs> one lucky woman, uh, Claudia Salcedo, and uh, two beautiful daughters, um, Marissa Bella and Juliana Salcedo. You need one more, bro. And no, that's it. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> All right, guys, here's, here's some questions for you. Let's start off with uh, this one particular question. What is Urban Ops? What does that stand for, by the way, and and, and why did you start it? Uh, urban ops, um, urban oper comes from the uh, well. An urban operative is an agent, um, and we have um, pretty much it's an agent, pretty much that goes in special skills with a special skill set for certain tasks. So in times of war, right, you have the army doing certain things, and they'll send in operatives for a specific mission. So we took it upon ourselves to kind of focus uh, in ministry, right? To We have a certain skill set where God has blessed us and gifted us that is, is different than other ministers. Yeah. And we use that to uh, to minister into the urban uh, sector and it's changed, right? Suburban as well and rural in some places. And But uh, that's what the element that God has used us uh, in ministry. And so like come in, sneak in, do what we gotta do and, and uh, kind of turn the tables upside down for the enemy. So when did you guys start Urban Ops? What year was that? We started in 2003. Uh, There was a few of us, uh, Chuck, Nelson, and myself actually uh, were youth leaders working with the youth in our churches and we're looking for ways to reach the neglected youth both in our churches and outside the church. So it started as a ministry as a whole. So rap wasn't really a big part of it just yet. 
even though I was already rapping and ministering, it was more a vision cast to reach uh, the youth that were around us. Um, yeah, you mentioned rap. So, so rap is a big component of urban ops. Yes, it is. It's actually the component that had, I mean, I was already rapping and, and we needed money to do basketball tournaments or, you know, at the time, um, you know, concerts and stuff. And so what I uh, did was uh, I, I made some shirts. I was rapping by myself at the time. And, um, and I was like, Lord, whatever we I get in love offerings and stuff is going to fund urban ops. And, and then we've evolved into, uh, well, not evolved, but added, right? Where now music is what helps us not only fund, but uh, minister and continue to minister at the capacity that God has uh, allowed us to minister in. So uh, I'm hearing you say um, you were involved in youth ministry. Yes. And you wanted to continue reaching out to, to youth within the church and outside the church. Yeah. So was, was there a deficiency in the way churches were just doing youth ministry? Uh, is that kind of what moved you to do this? Or was it just simply a, a, well, a calling of your life? We grew up in Spanish churches. And so there was a, a culture gap. Um, you have usually in our churches, we had people from born in Mexico or Guatemala or, um, you know, um, uh, Central America or Southern, you know, uh, and, and, uh, and so there was there was a gap in uh, I think that a lot a lot of the kids uh, we we felt that they were neglected and and we wanted to reach them and so um, that's how I, we started. I, yeah, and I think the arms. churches were like more accepting towards you know it's funny because you have you know mariachi Christian music that <laughs> was heavenly, right? right? Yeah. And then you, and then it's like rap like oh no that's of the devil, right? Yes, and so. And I remember as a youth leader, and, and our pastors at the time were very supportive, but the body itself was, was still, like, not as supportive as our pastors. Because they I, didn't understand. Like our pastors did, right? Yeah. The, the, so, you know, I remember when we brought a DJ, and I got, you know, uh, some members of the church uh, were like, hey, why'd you bring a DJ? That's of the world. And um, uh, so when you're dealing with that, it was we decided, you know what? Let's just do it outside the church, and and not a diss on the church, but the truth is, is uh, we were trying to meet a need that we felt was there was a gap culturally, yeah, um, especially being Hispanic. You know, what I mean, hip hop was not something that was accepted, so we just decided to do it outside the church. Still pillars in our church, still youth leaders in our church, still you know, planning in our churches, but we figured, man, this is something God's called us to do outside. And when he says DJ, he wasn't bringing in, you know, some guy playing um, secular music. This is Christian uh, hip hop they're playing. This is totally Christ-centered um, type music. And, right. And all of our events, totally Christ-centered, um, trying to <clears throat> uh, raise people's affection to Christ. And so, yeah, that was, <laughs> but still misunderstood. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, here's the next question. Uh, what have been the greatest high points of this ministry? Um, for I believe that one of the high points was we were doing uh, Feed the Need. And so we were reaching, uh, there's a homeless shelter that was across the street from the church that I was attending at this time. And so we were going uh, uh, consistently doing uh, Feed the Need. And there was a, a homeless man who... Um, ended up going 
to the church and I wasn't there that day and he wanted to thank Urban Ops um, for giving him hope and for uh, just the way we were, we were ministering to the homeless shelter uh, because he was able to get on his feet, get a job and even moved up to a manager position. Wow. And uh, we've also heard of families that actually were able to kind of end up getting on Section 8, getting their own place, and then from there getting off of Section 8. And um, uh, we heard of other guys through the homeless shelter um, who somehow got a business card and were doing like uh, just little um, jobs around the house uh, for, for people. And were just people that were able to get on their feet and you see them end up in, in uh, getting their own place, uh, moving up in, 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 you know, in their, in their jobs and whatnot. And they were grateful because we were able uh, to give them hope and, um, and anchor them to Christ. So. And those stories are the highlights because you could have people come out and say, oh, man, that was dope. Your styles are dope. Your lyrics are dope. Um, and, and, and you do have some of that, which is cool, right? But but for the most part, I think the highlights is, is Joshua shared. It's those stories because sometimes you're doing your ministry and you're thinking to yourself, man, like, are we being effective? Are, 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 yeah. you know, are we just spinning our wheels here? And you get those calls like what Joshua shared or a youth leader calls and says, hey, man, I gave your CD to a, a, a kid that has, you know, a, a friend of mine that, you know, hasn't really been coming to church. And, man, uh, last night, uh, he was on the freeway. He pulled over and, and and got out of his car, which was dangerous. I don't recommend this. But on the on the side of the freeway, gave his life to Jesus Christ because he was listening to your CD. Yeah. And, and so Amazing. it's 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 a dual highlight. So it's, it's the highlights of seeing God move yes. in in places and areas that are uncomfortable and unfamiliar, right? To what we have between the four walls. So it's highlights is like, oh man, like God is moving like that. Like God yeah. is moving among 60 homeless people. The Holy Spirit is coming down. And and uh, and this is not I'm like a worship lives, service. Yeah. This is not like a a, a, a a full church dressed up. This is like what you would call, let's say, you know, gutter, right? Like this is, you know, you know, um, yet God is here. So it's yeah. those highlights. And then it's the opportunities and the places that God has taken us, that has wowed us as well. Like, wow, like, you know, we're ministering amongst these people and God has brought us yeah. here and there. And and so it's it, those are the highlights of the ministry that, that... I mean, hearing even, not even that, even just worship leaders saying, hey man, I was honestly about to just stop coming to church and I, I just been feeling like giving up. And after tonight, uh, I'm gonna go strong. You know, I, I just feel I feel empowered to yeah, to, awesome. to stay firm in my faith and continue on. Those those are the high are, are one of many highlights that we um that, that that we're just excited about and that motivate us and encourage us to continue doing what God's called us to. So that the audience would get a sense of, of, of the way you do ministry. Uh, for example, among the homeless, you're, you're taking yeah. church uh, yeah. ministry outside the four walls. What does it look like? What is a typical urban ops uh, ministry event for the homeless? That's what's crazy, John, because it it changes, right? So at one point, um, what we would do is um, uh, we fed the homeless for for quite a few years, and, and what we would do is how do we how do we give them a, a sense of value, right? How do you give them hope? 
How do you love on them beyond their brokenness, beyond their failures, beyond, you know, the stuff that normally, you know, let's be honest, the stuff that normally gross you out, right? Because sometimes they come in, they do smell, and, and, and you know, they have a 40-ounce bottle in their, in their pocket, right? Like, and, and how do you love on people beyond that? So what we would do is say, you know what? We open the doors, we set the tables, we decorate the tables, we bring uh, musicians out, uh, poets, or, or uh, you know, whoever we can, right? Then we bought gifts. And I would tell people, I'd rather give brand new, 10 brand new shirts than 30 used underwears. Because sometimes yeah. when you ask for <laughs> donations, people end up cleaning their closet and give what they don't want. How can you give someone value? When you're giving them something you no longer value, mm. and and so, it, so what we would do is, is okay, they would come in and they would want to stand in line and be like, no, sit down, we're gonna serve you like a restaurant. Yeah. And so they so they would sit down, and and we would bring the gifts to them, whether it was a shirt, sweater, scarf, socks. Yeah, fresh we would, socks. Yeah. So we would we we would man the station, and honestly, John, sometimes it was just four of us. Sometimes it was just me, Joshua, and our wives. Or me, Joshua, and Chuck, or me, Joshua, Nelson. So sometimes it was five of us, and we're serving 60 to 80 homeless people. And it was kind of like switch. So it'd go from you speaking and sharing a spoken word, to now you're picking up trash, to now you're making wrapping burritos, to now you're giving clothes away. And then we just kept switching. And we'd sit with them, we'd eat with them, we'd pray with them, and we'd hug them. Yeah. Uh, you know, just get ready to hug. I don't, I don't care what, you know, love them. You know, and some some of them are, you know, believe it or not, would come in prideful, and they just really want to just let me be on my rebellion, man. And that's what we would do. And I seen people walk out with tears in their eyes and like say, "I haven't been to church in a long time, and I haven't felt the presence of God in a long time, but at this meeting, I felt it, and I know God loves me." Hmm. And that to us is is is. Uh, Sweet. And sometimes it, it, you could feel the hostility. It wasn't yeah. always it wasn't, it always, wasn't pretty. always pretty. Uh, sometimes it almost seemed like, wow, it's about to go down, right? <laughs> yeah, sometimes they're cussing at you while you're preaching, right? Yeah. And and sure. I would, yeah. you know, strategically change that into my sermon, right? Like yeah. it would actually go into whatever I was sharing. So yeah, there's times where guys got up and cussed at you. There's times where you you, you know you just see crazy stuff. But I think for urban ops, like so you have that, and that was called feed the need. And then we had stuff like we were in Washington not too long ago, and uh, we, we brought Enoch uh, Virial with us. And, and, man, we were doing workshops. We were did a concert, and we preached. And we did that at several churches. So it's like workshops, yeah. concert, preach. And so it, it changes. So uh, whatever we're at, there, there was times when we went to Indian reservations, right? And it's uh, we partnered up with some churches out there, and... And, and and it's like, hey, we're gonna set up right here. And then you look around, it's like there's nothing here. <laughs> like, and you you do a tent, and you just start the service, and all of a sudden it's a packed tent by the end of the night, and you're rapping till one, two in the morning, because they want you to keep doing the same songs even though you don't have songs anymore. <laughs> just do them again, and we're like, all right, man. And so it changes, right? So you know, uh, whatever doors have opened for us. Um, we've gone with it. And the most thing we try to do, obviously our personality has a certain sense of, you know, we're dorks and stuff like that, but we try to bring the, the joy of the Holy Ghost, you know, into wherever we go. 
the power of God, the anointing of God, and the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. So however it flips and changes on us, we just have to be ready. And there's times where even as urban ops or, or myself, I've ministered and traveled with like another ministry and, and, and they're like, hey, just be ready. Wherever you go, be ready. And, you know, you're preaching on a cornfield or you're preaching in the mm-hmm. basement of a hotel. And then so we have to have be just be ready in and out of season for whatever is available, whether it's uncomfortable, yeah, strange and not the norm, but still be ready to share the gospel no matter wherever you're at. So there's, so there's there are, uh, two things. The first yeah. is the homeless. Right. Uh, I'm hearing you 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 say that you prepare a table for them. You actually decorate the table for them. Uh, you mm-hmm. f- sit them down. You feed them. You bring them a gift. You love love on them. You hug them, Josh. Yeah. You yeah. Hug them. Yeah. yeah. And um, you you're, you're preaching the gospel, picking up trash, and what comes to mind is John 13, right? Jesus getting a towel and wrapping it around his waist and washing the feet of the disciples. Mm, This humility, this uh, sense of I'm going to love on you. I'm taking the love of Christ Mm -hmm. to you. And uh, I find that extremely moving. Um, As far as the Native American reservations, I know I've heard you say in the past that tremendous need there. Um, High suicide rate, correct? A lot of depression, a sense of hopelessness, right? Uh, I'm not saying that's across the board, every single reservation, but Mm -hmm. the particular one you went to. And uh, I know that they don't just let anyone in. No. So the the times you've gone, because you went more than once. Right. um, What was the impact on their lives? Aside from loving the music, what was the impact on their lives? Well, John, it goes back to where it's sharing. It's it's sharing hope. It's sharing hope in Christ because... You look at some of these kids, and and like uh, at one uh, at one area, we were able to uh, team up with Nike. So what Nike did was they're donating shoes to all the kids, right? So and, and then you know, so we got to give kids shoes and stuff like that. But when you see guys and you tell them your story, or I shared my testimony and my story, um, we have to understand that what God is doing in us, what He's done in us. And what he's continued to do in us, he wants to do in others. And mm-hmm. so I think the impact is when you encounter other people that have struggled with what you have struggled with. And then you see them, like the light turning on in them, that there is a way out. That there is another lifestyle. That there is hope in Jesus Christ. Right? That this yeah. is possible. I can live. A, a good life. I I can live a, a healthy I can, life. A healthy life. I can follow Jesus Christ, um, and so that's the impact, uh, you know, that 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 I've seen when we're out there, and and the conversations I've had, you know, before leaving. How you know some of us have thanked us for being out there. Um, so yeah, I think that's the impact. Um, I know that you've been going to lots. Yeah, and ministry there. In fact, you were just there recently. Right. Tell me a little bit about uh, that particular side of ministry. Uh, what's taking place there? What's happening? Man, that that's a trip, John. Uh, Josh, if you don't mind, because I was there Friday, and mm-hmm. um, uh, there's a there's a pastor there, but but Pastor Jose Hernandez, and and I mean, I figure why reinvent the wheel? So when when we were uh, no longer able to do the homeless ministry, we we're looking for a place 
Like, where could we do this? Could we do this here? Could we do this there? And and finally, we said, well, you know what? Who's already doing the work? Yeah. And let's just come alongside and help them and and and, and bless them. And and we don't necessarily have to take the credit. Let's just go help them and and be kingdom minded about it. So we're there Friday night. So this is what they do, John. Um, it's and it's almost the same style as what we were doing, which I love because yeah. you see the heart that is there. So there's uh, different uh, projects throughout uh, uh, Watts, right? And and there's Gazak, Nicholson Gardens. There's uh, uh, the one off of Century where Grape Street hangs out. And so th- uh, there's a if I'm not mistaken, I don't know, like six, possibly more, and and I have a bad memory, but they go there and you set up right in the middle of the projects. They usually have a basketball court, a little park, or like a gym. So we set up there in the heart of the project. And they set up music, right? And that's where we've been able to help. Uh, Food, we've been able to donate a little bit. Uh, Games for the families. Games for the kids, for the families. And, and we just, we do it. And we do it at, at, at night. And, um, and yeah, we were there last Friday. Saturday, uh, somebody got shot and killed. And Sunday, uh, two guys got shot and killed in retaliation. And I'll be honest with you, when you're there, it's, it's there, sometimes you feel the tension in the air, whether it's yeah. racial, whether it's gang violence, right? You can feel it. You can feel the hostility. You can feel this pushback. Yeah. Um, and, and love is what like I'm here to love man and you've yeah. had guys that try to like challenge us on certain things and I'm like today I'm here to love yeah and so it's not a sexy ministry it's not like going across to other countries and you know yeah. it's not as sexy as that right it's Watts but when you go there you see the needs that are coming out of those homes yeah and uh I, I can't help but look and say, man, not that people are less than us, but when you see that people don't have Jesus Christ and what that does to the household, what that does to the person, I, I, I get moved by just saying, man, Lord, may I just come to love. Yeah. Music, cleaning, or just eating with people. I, I, I yeah. want to help. And, and props to pastors that are in those neighborhoods living in those neighborhoods and risking their lives weekly and proclaiming the gospel man um, which is needed this is amazing um uh, here's my next question to you is uh, what have been the greatest challenges to uh this ministry uh one like i like uh, i think hector mentioned earlier i think is for us growing up in hispanic churches which is there's there's some awesome stuff that, that you gain from growing up in Hispanic churches. But I think because of our ministry, um, I guess the challenge one is that 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 older generation um, and that gap, they look at us and they're they don't really understand that hip hop culture. And if they don't understand, then that means that they can't really back it up and they can't support it. And they can't uh, encourage you to flourish in that in that ministry when they don't understand it. They don't, and they probably just don't even flat out don't like it. Uh, so that's like a challenge. So here you are, in, in a sense, trying to prove yourself because you're like, wait a minute, man, like this is what God's put on my heart. I want to reach um, our community. 
the, the, the broken community of, of people that are coming to our church and those that are uh, surrounding our churches. And um, so that's one, not being recognized or, or not being uh, supported. Or, and so you're fighting almost your own, the own, your own church in a sense, you know. Um, to do God's work. To do, <laughs> yeah, to do God's work. That's uh, one of the challenges. Another challenge, we don't have any more, but it was a financial challenge before. Not so much anymore. Thank, uh, thank God for Spirit Life Community that sows into us and sees us as urban missionaries and, and for their backing. And, and so thank God for them, uh, for you, Pastor John. And, but that was for, for a while, that was kind of tough because, uh, you know, you're trying, say so you're trying to feed homeless people and how do you do that? And, you know, out of yeah. your own pocket and stuff. Um, and then the other challenge I would say is, like I said, when you do this ministry, a lot of times you feel that when you go to certain like rehabs, juvenile halls, you're going to the projects in Watts or, or um, those places, you feel that pushback. You feel that hostility. You feel the ridicule. You feel it. Um, and I, I, I guess that's every minister may feel that when they're proclaiming the gospel because... Yeah. You know, um, man, uh, the unregenerated man is, is uh, he, he fights back against God and against the gospel. So, yeah. Yeah, those are the challenges, I would say. I, I, we're going to need to stop here. We're going to do a part two mm -hmm. uh, because I really want you to address the churches. There's a lot that uh, I think churches can learn from the type of, uh, of ministry you have. And uh, secondly, I want to talk about your music. And... So let's stop here. Let's do part two. Okay. 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 All right. Yeah. So Sounds we'll see good. you guys in two and two. <laughs> Thanks, well. Josh, for having us, man. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you would like more information on Urban Ops and their music, please visit their website at urbanopsmusic.com. Once again, that's urbanopsmusic.com, and you can find their music also on iTunes. And while there, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast, that way you receive every episode. And also, uh, uh, leave a review, uh, give us a rating, we would really appreciate that. And you can visit our website at spiritlifecc.org. And I'd love to hear from you. So please send an email to me at pjslcc at gmail.com. Once again, that's pjslcc at gmail.com. And stay tuned uh, for episode 7 where I do part 2 of my interview with Urban Ops. Till next time.